Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You are now listening to the hottest true crime podcast in the streets. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity True Crime Comedy Podcast. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. Oh, yes, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Yeah, man, I'm the mailman, can't you tell, man? Gonna post on- What up? Fran, what's going on? Not much, man. Chilling. Chilling. It's the season of, I had a nice, big glass. Oh, yeah, talk about it. The eggnog. Oh my goodness. Tis the season. Oh my goodness. Just hit the racks too, man. It's fresh. It's fresh. I go off in the there. Ship. I go in there, get them two of them little half gallons. Oh man. Throw them back. Mm. Throw them back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got I gotta I gotta make my I gotta make my journey. My, <laughs> my, I gotta make my trek to, to the Mecca that is the grocery store. Go to the dairy section and pick yeah. me up some of that. You know? Oh my goodness. Man. Um it is uh it's one of my favorite time of the year. I love it because it's not all year round, so you can't get tired of it. <sighs> It's the best. Yes. I love it. Some just, people just hate when, it. Just when you start it. to even can think about getting tired of it, start getting warm outside, yep. it's gone, and then you miss it immediately. Yep. Then a week yep. later, is when it's gone, you miss it. Yeah, man. Tis the season. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, so this is the week of Thanksgiving for uh, all those who celebrate. And uh, for me, um, we're supposed to do a small thing at Sierra's family's house, but Thanksgiving at my mom's house is canceled because my mom came down with the rowney, bro. Oh, is she okay? She's okay. I, okay. You know, I, I've been calling her everything, but, you know. She wasn't listening to Dr. Fauci, bro. She was out here. She was out here reckless, bro. And birthday. Was birthday, on birthday. Birthday weekend. I got sent her text. Make sure she's good. Yeah, Let me show my good. She hopping on flights, going to Florida, just doing everything wrong. Mm. You know, so you know, um, you know, so just to everybody <laughs> doing flying, everything wrong, doing everything that you want. You know, just everything that they say not to do, she was doing. So to yeah. anybody flying this holiday season, it's recommended to you know to not do that. But you know, people are gonna do it. They have free, you know, freedom yeah. to do what they want to do. It's their life, it's their health. Mm. Um, there's not really any precautions to take. I have, to, you have to wear the mask on the plane. So my mom yeah. did everything that you you can do. I, I have to assume, and you know, she came down with the coronavirus. So, um, yeah, I don't know if you're safe if you're dra- if you're traveling by plane and everything this uh, holiday season. I don't Good luck. That's all. You, yeah, that's yeah. all you can do, really, is like wish keep, people good luck. Keep your hands clean. Keep yeah, because like you get caught up. Sometimes you get caught up, and then you don't. Yeah, you know, wash you might your hands. You touch your eyes. In-flight peanuts might be yeah. salty. You know, you might drop the mask down. 
lick your fingers yep. real quick, not even thinking about it. You've yep. been touching on the tray, the chairs, yep. and everything. Just that fast. And that you know? fast, you get it. Yeah, and then you come yep. back. And so so just 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 be careful out there, folks. I will be make sure, you know, keeping track on how my mom's doing, you know, over the next few days and make sure she's okay. But she's quarantining until the se- the second. Mm. So <laughs> you know, we were supposed to have Thanksgiving at her house on Wednesday. You know, yeah. you do the you do the Thanksgiving, you know, traveling. Yeah. That yeah, whole, yeah. you know, when you when you're in a relationship, it's like we go to this house, then we go to that house. Yep. But our big functions were canceled. Like every every Thanksgiving, our family does, um, you know, a big gathering at a house and yeah. everything. You know, like everybody's family does. But all of those have been canceled. Yeah, times are different now. Yeah, and my mom was she had bought a thermometer because mm-hmm. she was like, you know, I'm gonna do a in. small gathering at the house and I'm checking people's temperature at the door. Turns out she was the She's the inside man. Yeah. She was, she's sick. She's yeah. the outbreak monkey in the, in the situation. She's talking about having thermometers and checking people and it's her. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm you know, um, I'm not gonna say I'm, I'm happy that she, that you know she has it now sure. instead yeah. of it being after. Oh, for this, sure. And we then all everybody went. go over there. Yeah. Then so. everybody's panicking. Get, yeah, you know, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, then yeah. you spread it more. So, so Grandma Kelly's not coming, I assume. Grandma Kelly's not coming. Mm. You know, typically we usually, you know, for over the last few years we've been doing our little new tradition is we go out to Vegas. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. For, for Thanksgiving, we go like a week before Thanksgiving and do like a Thanksgiving out there. Yeah. That was put on hold. Everything everything has changed this season. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I, understandably, I get it. You know, I you know, I think people should be precautious. I think that, you know, um, the, 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 the monkey's out of the barrel in a sense, you know, where it's, it's just gotten so out of hand that I don't really know. I think it might be too late to kind of, put a lid on the whole situation yeah well but people I, gonna be people are hard-headed now so people are like this is my family fuck yeah, that yeah 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 i and, get it and, but and you can't fight you, you that can't, yeah. you can't you you gotta make sure everybody's safe exactly man and then and because the, then then it's the the real problem is no matter how safe you're being as a country we aren't able to get on the same page yeah so you can be as safe as you want to be and then you go well i'll just have a couple family members over and then you have that one family member who's 18 yeah he's been going to clubs yeah. sharing hookah with people and you haven't gone Which and done any gross before corona i don't any any <laughs> any restaurant or club that still has hookah available in this time should be shut down yeah i don't care what kind of precautions you're taking the cap sharing caps only one person per hookah, whatever. It's just, it's just sets itself up for people to do dumbass shit. You know, yeah. you're a dude, you got a girl in the club, do some sexy shit. Oh, here, you know, hit the. It's just people are people. So even if you put those little, hey man, only one hookah per person, that person leaves eventually. Whoever the monitor yeah. of that is, and people do what they want to do. So yeah. once hookah, you get the drinks up in you, doing what you want to do, man. Yep. Sharing drinks. Oh, this is good, man. It's like a, a upside down pineapple cake. Try this. Boom, you're sharing drinks and everything. So again. You could be doing all the right things, and then as soon as you open your circle up to people that you trust, you know, because they're your family, they've been doing all the wrong things. So then all of those, the things you've been not doing all year have gone to waste because of one little moment that you had. Yeah. So that's the hard thing about a country this big, differing ideologies and beliefs about freedom of liberty and everything like that. Some pe- And then those people commingle. So you can wear your mask all day long, and then you go to hug a family member during the holidays, and that person is like... I don't do anything the government tells <laughs> yeah. me to do, you know. So, and that person ends up giving you the coronavirus, yeah. you know, or vice versa. So, I don't know. I don't really know what the solution is. They say the vi- uh, the the vaccines are around the corner. Uh, I've been hearing mumblings of shutting things down. I think they shut things down in California. I don't really know how to feel about that because, like I said, everything I just said, it kind of feels like the whole. If this would have been tried to put the kibosh on this eight months ago, yeah. Maybe we'd be in a better place now, but now it feels like it's just too late. It's just been too much controversy and misinformation put out there. That now you're dealing with this volatile, you know, country right now, 
and nobody believes what is true and what isn't true. It's too much misinformation has been spread over these last few months yeah. to, to now tell people, hey, guys, we're going to shut everything down again. Yeah, like Florida. Oh, Florida. Florida yeah. is its own. Yeah. Uh, is yeah. Florida still part of the United States? Uh, barely. Because they go, we don't believe Corona here. We, we don't believe in that. Uh, now, but now, <laughs> but now in there and other states like that, this has been a spike. And now they're like, hey, guys, put the masks on. But you've been, spent the last six months telling people yeah. they do what they want to do and you don't <laughs> have to do that. And you can, we're not going to do this, that, and the third. So now you can't dare come forward and try to tell somebody to do something because you've been telling them the opposite for all this time. Yeah. So it's just a hard place to be in, man. I don't feel I don't feel any envy of for being a politician or anybody, mm -hmm. any person of authority in the country right now because it's a lot to deal with with all this misinformation and, you know, dealing with people yelling at you yeah. and, you know, telling you you're a liar and you're fake news and a hoax and I, I'm good, man. So for me, <laughs> I caught the Rona. I learned my lesson. Yeah. I'm I'm shut down until the vaccine comes out. That's just how I'm taking my precautions, you know. I've been in the house working on my yoga. Yeah. I'm progressing along. Okay. I haven't bought into the spirituality aspect of yoga, but it is calming and it is a good workout. Mm -hmm. But I don't like go to a different zone or anything like that. I'm not there yet. And I might never get there because I'm just too in my own head to think that I've now gone to some other place. But it is a good workout. I always wanted to do, um, what's the other one? You got yoga and you have, um, uh, LeBron James has an app. It's called Calm. It's for... Um, meditation? Meditation. Yeah, you can do meditation anyway. I want to do that. Yeah, you can do... Med meditation is just taking taking a time of silence yeah. for yourself. I do that, but I, like, fall, I fall asleep and I go, what the fuck? <laughs> what the last no, you, two hours? You got you to gotta, you gotta find... Don't lay down. Stay seated. You know, you can also sit down, you know, crisscross applesauce on the yeah. floor. I like laying down. Well, then you're going to fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh... You know, other than that, what's going on, man? How's uh, things going at work? Everything going on with you? How's, um, the, fam how's the family? The family is doing well. Uh, Max is walking. I mean, he's Whoa. been walking, but now he's like really like. Now he's a chaos. Well, yeah, Menace. really walking. We got this thing where it's like the uh, you don't have this in your house, but like we have our vents in the floor. Yeah, he takes the the he the, the can take case the, off. the case off and oh. throw shit down the. The uh, just interested in, in holes. The, yeah, it's like, see where's it, where's put it his go? foot down there. It's, you gotta, uh, boys are really different, man. That's what I heard. It's different. And from personal experience, I know I used to just, is that a ledge? Climb up Yeah, climb that, up and all jump kinds. Off, jump off it's of crazy. it. crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other than everything's good. Work is peak season. Stuff is starting to pick up. It's definitely about to pick up because we got, we off the holiday and yeah. the day after the holidays are the worst. And it's Black Friday's coming. Oh, yeah. And you got, everybody Online got deals. deals. Then you got Monday, you got Cyber Monday's coming. Just, I gotta buckle in and just. <laughs> <laughs> Start hunker down, bro. Yeah, and just uh do my job. But other than that, everything's fine. Uh, how about you? What's going on with you? Good, man. Um, on on brand with it being the season and everything. Uh, as as I've stated on here before, uh, I, I put together a uh, virtual food drive in the in the name of the podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, the the goal was five hundred dollars. We're now over twelve hundred dollars. I think we're at like thirteen hundred seventy dollars. So uh, I think that's amazing that we're yeah. gonna be able to feed some people this season. And but also this week, um. I'm off Monday, so my plan is to empty out my trunk, go to the grocery store, take a couple of pallets, get some canned foods, and take them to a local food bank. Okay. So I just I'm I'm uh, challenging people to go out and just do the same if you're able to. Um, you know, it's 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 getting cold out. Yeah. It's, it's gonna be rough in general this season for people. You know, who are you know without homes, who are it's it just in homes. They got they got to focus on keeping the lights on, let alone you know feeding each other. So if yeah. you can help, however you can. Um, it's crazy, bro. Like, um, 
I shared a video on Instagram of me riding past a school that was giving out food. Mm-hmm. And I witnessed the same thing the other day. I tweeted about it. Yeah. It and was then, nuts. It's crazy, man. And then you drive past those 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 um those lines, you see like Mercedes's and you know, nice car. I mean, not I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm not condemning those. I'm just saying you don't know who's being affected by this. Yeah. They could have the house, but they're barely holding on to the house. They could have the car, but they're barely holding on to the car. You don't know what's going on in people's yeah. houses. So if you can just provide these food banks with some food. You never know who's going to pull up, whose life you might be. I think everybody just thinks of like, you know, a hobo with soot under their eyes and, yeah. you know, tattered clothes and they live on the corner. This is this is every year it's been like this, but you, this year specifically, you never know who's going to these food banks. It could be your neighbor who you go, you see every day and the, you, you just assume everything's fine with them because they still live in their house, but they don't have any food to eat in the house. So, you know, um, I just challenging anybody who's capable, go to your grocery store, you know, all season long, not just for Thanksgiving, you know, all season long, all winter long. You know, if you can afford to go get some canned food, some non-perishables and take them to a local food bank, do so, man. Because, you know, everybody, there was so much attention and so much tension and, and frustration and anger going on with this whole election. And uh, now it's just being all extended and everything. I'm not going to get into all that chaos, but. What's done is done, in my opinion. I don't think there's anything's going to change. So no matter where you fall in the political spectrum, how about we focus on some good now? How about instead of, you know, we st- people still talking shit to these politicians and celebrities and everything on, on Twitter because of who they voted for? How about you take that energy and try to focus on something positive? Go out and make a change. Go out and help some people. Go out and make a change in your community. Because being negative is not going to change anything. We need positivity right now. We need to go out and make a difference in people's lives. And I think that you can make a start by, you know, taking a go give somebody a can of cream corn, bro. Like, it's just the smallest gesture, but it will be purity for your soul and it will help somebody. So I just I implore people to go out again if you're able to go out and just just make that small gesture and just let's go into 2020 with some positive energy. Yeah. Um, But uh, I do have. For my favorite segment, some random questions. Oh, we don't. Oh, man. Yes. We don't get these. This is this. this, These are scattered. Okay. Okay. I'm not even know if I'm ready for this. Okay. All right. You ready? Yeah, I think so. Question number one. Oh, it's multi questions. Yes. Okay. Is water wet? I don't think there's an answer to that question. (laughs) In my opinion, in my opinion, no. Water just is. Okay. So, no. Water is not wet. Because... The, a liquid has to get onto something for it to become wet. Mm-hmm. Wet is a state of being. Okay. So it, it's either no or yes because water is always wet. Okay. So, but I'm gonna go no. All right. Like you, like you said, I don't think there is a. There's no a right yes or wrong no to it, but yes. that's more of a philosophical <laughs> right. question. And my, yeah, yeah, and my yeah. answer is no because wet is a state of being, and water can't ever be it. Okay. Be wet. Question number two, please. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Oh, this is controversial. This is controversial. And my answer is yes, a hot dog is a sandwich because it's in between two pieces of bread and you put condiments on it. Um, And also because what else would it be? Like what else can you categorize a hot dog as if not a sandwich? Just a hot dog? Like, for example, a tomato is a fruit. People have arguments about it, but it is a fruit. Yeah. Uh, I have some arguments about... uh, you know, if if a cheesecake is a cake or a pie, I think a cheesecake is a pie. But I would agree. Yeah. Well, I think most people categorize it as a cake, a cake. because it's in the name. Yeah. Now, a hot dog is you got if you got to put it into a category of food, I would say you put it into a sandwich category. So yes, I would agree. Yeah, it's a sandwich. I would agree. 
Okay. Got another one here for you. Okay, please. What color is nothing? What color is nothing? Yes. Well, black is the absence of color, so I would say the color of nothing is black. It says on here, some some people say white. Black mm-hmm. is a combination of all colors, while white okay, is then the I had absence it mixed of up. color. I had it mixed up then. White, my bad. I okay. knew one of them I, was I, that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was agreeing with you. I, if you just said white, I would, I would agree with you. Black, I didn't, I didn't agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew it was, I, I had the, the definitions of those two colors mixed up. And so, yeah, white. White is no color, so white. <laughs> all right, last one. Is a thumb a finger? No. No? A thumb is a thumb. Okay. So you have eight fingers and you have two thumbs. So hmm. people only have eight fingers. You have two thumbs. A thumb is a thumb. Why isn't a finger? Um, because all primates have fingers, but only humans have thumbs. So there's something different. Like, monkeys don't have thumbs. They only have... They don't? No, they don't have opposable thumbs. That's, just, that's what makes us able to, you know, hold things. And, and uh, you know, some of the few couple of advancements hmm. that humans have is an opposable thumb. Okay. So monkeys don't have them, but they have fingers. They just got four fingers? They got four fingers and... and it, you I don't know. know why I thought they had thumbs for some reason. No. Okay. So the thumb is its own thing. So no, a finger is not a thumb. All right. Because I do got one more. I just thought on top of my head. Oh, okay. All right. This might be a. Uh, this might. I probably should ask you this before, but whatever. So if you could hang out, oh, with any character from a TV show or a movie, mm. who would it be, and why? The character, not the not the person, not the, the person, character. the character. If I could hang out from a TV show or movie. TV show or movie. If I could hang out with any character from a TV show or movie. Um, hmm. That's a great question. I would have to say, can I give two answers? Sure. I'll do one A and one B. Okay, cool. Maybe one of them busy and okay, they cool. can't make it. All right. Um, one would be Lucas Scott's from the CW's One Tree Hill. Okay. I think he's a very introspective person. I like the way that he talks. He seems like we could have some really cool conversations. Tell me about some books to read. I don't really read books, but we do audio books. Mm-hmm. And he likes to hoop. So we, okay, can, cool. we can we can talk about some shit and then we go hoop, have a good time, whatever. Two would be Darius from FX's Atlanta. He's an oddball. I like the way he thinks. He says random shit, almost borderline random shit, mm-hmm. and just gives you some things to really think about and really have a conversation about. So those are my those are my top two off the bat. Okay. Um, what about you? I'm gonna give my one A one B also. Okay, my one, <laughs> my one would be one A, one A would be a. Johnny Depp, Charlie Jackson. <laughs> Charlie Jackson. Look, man, why do you want to hang out with a guy who kind of looks like he might be some kind of child predator? One, I love chocolate, and he has well, there a you go. building yeah, for chocolate. Yeah, the walls are made of chocolate. Two, uh huh. Wait, I need more. What do you think? What are you going to talk to about uh, Johnny Depp? What are you going to talk to Willy Wonka about? Probably just how to the make the process chocolate? of chocolate. <laughs> okay. How to run a business. Wow. Okay. Wow. Wow. You caught me off guard with that one. <laughs> how okay. to run a business. Get some solid business advice. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and, his business is thriving. Yes. And to hang out with him, uh-huh. just to see him look at people crazy, sarcastic. You just want to people watch him. Yes. Yeah. Just let him interact just with let, people. And you just watch. Just watch him look at people when they say the stupidest shit. Sure. I love it. Okay. I love every bit of it. Okay, cool. Two would be... The business advice thing. <laughs> you're like, you're like, I want to have fun, but I also want to get a guy that's going to give me some yeah. gems. Yes. I got to come back. I got I to gotta, I gotta be knowledgeable. I got to get yeah. something out of this. Okay. Two would be Dr. Gregory House. From the house. From the house. Okay. 
for Miles. Just to, he doesn't to, seem like a very social guy. Like he doesn't really seem like a, much of a fun hang. He's not. He's but kind of a dick, right? He's like that's thing. why I love it. I love it because he's a dick. You don't want to talk to him. You just want to watch. I him just want to watch him talk to Got people. It, okay. Maybe ask a couple questions about sure, but not get medicals, on his nerves too much. You know, not get his nerves too much because yeah. he, you know, he'll let you know how it is. Yeah. But just to hang out with him, just see how he reacts with people, just to be an asshole for him to be. Right all the time. Yeah, okay. He's always right. Love that. Always right. It's a dream of mine. I just, I and love it. Even when I'm wrong, I still just, I keep the same energy that I am right. Yeah. You but know. he's super confident. Yeah. And he's always right. Yeah. Yeah. And he saves people lives. So I, I, I would love to just hang out with him just to, just observe. It's something about arrogantly ser- uh, saving somebody's life where even after you just did such a good thing, you're like, hm, I told you so. Yeah. It's like, ugh, you kind of just ruined it. Yeah. But it works for him. Yes. And he's also unhealthy, so it's kind of crazy how, like, you're a doctor. But you can't you take care of yourself. But you can't take care of yourself. The one patient you'll never be able to save <laughs> yeah. is yourself. Yeah. So that those are my uh, 1A, 1B. Okay, that was fun, man. I enjoyed, I enjoyed all of those. The hot, do- hot dog debate, the, you know, uh, the person you want to hang out with. I enjoyed all of those. But, you know, last, before we uh, jump into the, um, the whole reason that we're here, which is fucked up shit, um, we got some celebrating to do. Ooh. Short list of celebrations, but they are here and every one of them matters. Uh, Up next, starting, starting, uh, this is a long overdue shout out. Mm -hmm. We're going to start with Latanya McKinney. Shout out to you, Latanya. Latanya reached out to me. She said, listen, check this out, fam. Yeah. I donated to this Patreon three months ago. Yeah. You've said, you've not said my name once. So what I need you to do is say my whole ass name, yep. and you will do that immediately, sir. I said, you got it. Yep. So Latanya McKinney, I apologize for that. Shout out yes, to you, and thank you for everything that you've done and your support of the uh, Patreon. Yeah, like if you, if we haven't seen your name, just hit us up. Just hit us up. It's not, hit you know, it's, it really is, you know, it's, it's just saying your name. It's, yeah. it's not, we're not, we're not doing anything um, super hard, yeah. so just tell us and we'll say it. Yep. Uh, up next, we got Brie Fitness. Okay. You know, I would assume mm. maybe she runs an Instagram account or something where she works out and then she just did some great promotion I for think herself. people are catching on to that, man. Yeah, I think it's becoming a thing. Yeah. And I'm not mad at it. You know? Me either. Uh, you know, so it's B-R-E Fitness. Now, her name could just, her last name could be Fitness. Okay. I don't know, you know. Uh, Car- uh, up next, we got Carrie K. Shout out to you, Carrie K. Thank you for everything that you do. You look like you're having a blast in your uh, Patreon photo. And uh, shout out to you. We appreciate you. Uh, and last, we have Marlo B. Mm. Shout out to Marlo B. Her photo is of a dog. And I love puppers. So shout out to you and shout out to whoever that dog is. Or if you are a dog who has become smart enough to start a Patreon, <laughs> yeah. double shout out to you because that's pretty impressive. Um, but uh, that was uh, a quick list of shout outs. Thank you to all of those people. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, it's time to talk about some fucked up shit. So stick around. Welcome back. It's my turn to go first. Uh, my story this... Fran, real quick. I don't want to yes. interrupt you, but I just want to give a quick update before you jump into okay. your story. Um, uh, as, uh, we talked about the Kawan Charles story last week. Uh-huh. Uh, they, his family ended up doing an independent autopsy. Okay, and good. the independent autopsy has said that uh, it, the signs point towards a drowning, mm-hmm. but they are not ruling out a homicide. And he was laid to rest this week. I just wanted to give that mm-hmm. update. I don't okay. want it to, you know, this is a story where, you know, I want to make sure that we, any updates that we get, we can give to try to stop people from feeling like the story's just being buried. So the latest update that yeah. I was able to find was they did an independent autopsy. The independent autopsy says that there are, looks like, you know, signs are leading towards a drowning, but they're not ruling out a homicide because mm-hmm. it is a strange circumstance. Yeah. So rest in peace to Kwan Charles. I just yeah, want to give that update. Cool. Um, so my story this week, I found this story. I'm actually reading this from um, abcnews.com. Okay. I found this story randomly. I was like, I got in the car on my way to work and- for some reason, my radio was on the um, national public radio station. Great station. Don't know how I ended up doing it. I don't NPR? listen to it. No. It's a great news station. I was like, what the hell is this? 
<laughs> so I got on there and I was and just, you know, I was just driving. Then you just, you hear something that just, you're not listening, but tell something catches your ear. Yeah. You go like, oh, what was this? So that's how I found this story that was on, that it was on that, the radio station they were, ta- they were talking about. It was the, um, this was the, um, the two American journalists that was killed. Um, what they was murdered in Turkey was the. Oh, Jamal Khashoggi? No, no, no. This was, um, Allah Barakat and Aruba, Aruba Barakat, which was her mother. Oh, I so they both know, they God. both they both were killed. Um, so there we go. So Allah Barakat and her mother Aruba Barakat devoted their lives to dangerous work. Um, Allah, who was 23, was a reporter working for two news outlets in Turkey, where she covered uh, the civil war in in Syria, and had the in Syria that had forced millions of refugees to flee across the border. Aruba, who was 62, was a um, journalist turned activist, a fierce critic of ISIS and. Um, mm and of Syrian President Basha al-Assad and an active member of the uh, Istanbul-based opposition um, to his regime. So Allah's star was rising. She had recently worked um, on a human rights investigation for NBC News. Uh, Aruba, meanwhile, was already well-known as a regular, regularly um, fierce guest on Arab television, commenting on the latest news from her native Syria Often um, with an unrestrained passion. Mm. Dangerous topic. Yes, very dangerous topic. Uh, the Arab world knows that this regime is a criminal regime. Aruba told the Allah Arabia in 2012. Basha al-Assad said, My father taught Syrians a lesson for 30 years, and I will do the same for hundreds hundreds years, and I will respond to him, screw you. Mm. When the Barakats were killed in September 2017, a brutal double murder in um, Istanbul that sparked headlines around the world. Their family, friends, and colleagues suspected their work may have been threatened, threatened um, powerful figures with the motive and means to silence them. Mm. Their throats cut, their bodies covered in blankets, their blood spattered um, apartment doused in laundry detergent, a way to hide the smell of mm. decom- decomposition and delay the discovery of the bodies. And no one... Um, in their quite in a quiet residential neighborhood, reported hearing the sounds of a struggle. The scene, too many observers suggested that the work of a professional. Allah was an American citizen, um, born in um, um, born while Aruba was visiting relatives in North Carolina, who had vis- who had worked for a U.S. media outlet. So, two U.S. lawmakers from the state, um, Senator Tom Tillis and uh, Representative David Price, soon called for a a thorough investigation of the very of that very possibility. H.R. Um, McMaster, then a senior member of the Trump administration, mm-hmm. even invited a member of the family, Dr. Suzanne Barricott, to the White House, where she said intelligence, where she said intelligence officials and diplomats assured her that the case was a priority. By then, Turkish authorities had arrested and secured a confession from a distant relative named Ahmad Barakat who had been working for Aruba since arriving in Turkey from Syria six months earlier. Aruba owed him money. Ahmad told prosecutors in the, pre- in the presence of a judge, according to court documents, and when he confronted her in the apartment she shared with her daughter, she refused to pay him and attacked, and attacked him with a kitchen knife, mm. which, which he then used to kill her. When Allah screamed, he said he killed her too. And this is their cousin? This is their cousin. This sounds like a patsy, but okay. After a, tr- after a brief trial, Ahmad was convicted and given two life sentences. The case, as far as prosecutors were concerned, was closed. Another so-called um, femicide in a country that 
has experienced a troubled rise in violence against women. But questions about the case lingered, especially after the murder of Washington Post um, column, columnist Jamal Khashoggi. Khashoggi. Yep, who you just mentioned. Yeah. Um, I don't, now, people may not know who he is. Um, who was a um, Saudi Arabian descendant, author, columnist of the Washington Post, and the general manager of the editor-in-chief of Al Arab News Channel, who was assassinated at, at the um, Saudi consulate in um, Istanbul on October 2nd of 2018. That was crazy. Are you familiar with that story? I'm not familiar with it, but I did look into it a little bit. Um, That's just, uns- they just, nobody has been prosecuted for that. Not at all. They don't, yeah. They were like, he went in there and he just died. Because they got camera footage of him walking through the front door. And they chopped that man up in there. That's, they found and him they, in pieces? They, t- they chopped him up and took him out of the building in some suitcases. Shit. Yeah, was, that was a that was a professional. He, he was killed by the government. Jesus. So, yeah, so the murder of the Washington Post columnist um, Jamal was Khashoggi, mm-hmm. Khashoggi um, in Turkey the following year. How could a small debt motivated man to commit a double murder? Did the Turkish National Police investigate whether the suspect killer acted alone? And why did the FBI, the, why did the FBI, the agency responsible for investigating the killing of American Americans abroad, decline to pursue the case? And how often does a situation happen where you know somebody commits a spontaneous double murder? You know, yeah, and then puts detergent down. Who thinks of that? You know, that's your, what the, your, your and, adrenaline is so high. Yeah, that's what he was saying. That this had to it had to be a professional. Yeah, for him to, for him to somebody come up went in there with the intention of killing those people yeah, and then sure. keep hiding it for a little bit. Yeah. Suspicious social media activity on feud, feud more doubts. Within days of the murder, Aruba's Twitter account appeared to be hacked. Her tweets were deleted and profile and banner images replaced by a picture of Assad and sunglasses. Accompanied by a cryptic but harrowing message, the golden, the golden condor hacked with greetings. The golden condor, Assad, um, Assad's soldiers are everywhere. Oh. Suzanne Barricott, a U.S. citizen who lived in San Francisco Bay Area, was angered by the Trump administration's um, apparent indifference. An American journalist was murdered. Her throat was slit along with her mother's in her apartment in Instable. Um, and no one and no one gives a damn, she told the, M- the NBC News in Revere from the Center of Investigation Report. Not a word. No one following up with the families to see how they can be of support. No outrage from within um, the American government. Uh, so there was a... Um, a full story, Justice for uh, Hala on on Nightline, which is on NBC. I didn't watch it, but I, I I would assume you can go back on here and and maybe find that sure. that episode and watch it. And three years since the death, a transatlantic team of journalists, some based in Turkey, others in the United States, some of whom knew Allah and Aruba personally, others who did not, has been seeking answers to those questions on the Barricade's behalf. That reporting led by the NBC News, where um, Allah briefly worked. In the, mo- in the months before her death, and Reveal will be featured in a special edition of Nightline, um, Nightline Tonight, an episode of the Reveal podcast on Saturday. And NBC News and Reveal obtained hundreds of pages of documents from the investigation led by the Turkish National Police, including police statements, autopsy reports, witness testimonies, evidence, um, inventories, and court transcripts. Coupled with more than a dozen interviews with family members, friends, colleagues, government officials, and outside experts, um, um, familiar with the case. The documents reveal, reveal several inconsistencies and outright contradictions in the official narrative. The records obtained through the Freedom of Information Act filed by, by Reveal show that despite assurance from the officials in the White House National Security Council and the U.S. Department of State to the 
um, to the contrary, the FBI never opened the case. Now, just just from when I was reading the story, mm-hmm. when the FBI not wanting to get involved, it's like, it's kind of me, them saying like, we can't, we can't mess around. We can't mess around with affairs. That. Yeah, yeah. Because what it is is the answer is whoever ordered that is a big dog. Yeah, for we, sure. Th- our president sits down at a table with this guy once a year. Yeah. So you can't arrest. That's what happened with the Saudi Arabia. I had it mixed up when you said uh, a journalist. Jamal Khashoggi was Saudi Arabian. Yeah. And he was taught. He was writing stories against the prince of Saudi Arabia. Mm. So it's pretty much all known. It's everybody just agrees that the prince of Saudi Arabia ordered a hit on this man. Yeah. And they're not going to do anything to prosecute him because how do you prosecute a prince of a fucking rich country? Yeah. You can't. So you just let it go and just pretend like nothing happened. If you're the president or any of the, you know, government officials, because you know that you can't bring them to justice. Yeah. So it's the, it's a similar situation in this, you know. So some family members and colleagues have suggested that Aruba had been uh, pursuing a sensitive investigation into Assad regime abuses at the time of her murder. Aruba's sister Shaza said um, Aruba had been gathering information about serious, serious new infamous um, um, Sydney prison, where the United States has accused Assad's government of building crematorium to hide evidence of mass killings. Aruba told an NBC News reporter in Instable that she was working on something and this time it will be big. Though NBC News and Reveal were unable to find documents or other evidence to corroborate the claim that she had been that she had a high profile investigation in works. Um, so Assad regime has been accused of targeting journalists for assassination, assassination and Aruba had, according to police reports, received anonymous death threats in the weeks before the killings. Aruba had publicly feuded with the members of the opposition, and she um, resigned from her position in the Syrian National Coalition, citing corruption within its leadership in August, just a month before her death. Um, So Abdel Barakat, a former Syrian intelligence officer who later joined the Syrian um, National Coalition, said that while he had no special knowledge about Aruba's murder, the Assad administration views journalists as a top national security threat and routinely monitors opposition figures in other countries, which is extremely dangerous. I have a couple of facts at the end of my story okay. about um, a journalist. The regime tries to target people inside those opposition areas. Barakat, who is now related to Allah and Aruba, told the NBC News. The Syrian government has de- denied allegations that it has targeted journalists, but a U.S. court imposed a $300 million judgment against Syria in 2019 for the death of war correspondent Maury Colvin in a case that um, in a case that depended in part of a document and testimony provided by Barry Cobb, the former intelligence officer. So Maury Colvin was also a jur- American journalist um, that worked at Ford foreign affairs correspondent for the British newspaper, the Sunday times um, who was also, she was also killed. So she was also killed in, in in Syria, I believe. Okay. So Ahmed Barakat uh, recanted his confession to Allah and Ruba's murder in his very next court appearance, according to court documents. So the guy that the cousin supposedly that killed them, yeah. him, he's saying that he I didn't I bet I didn't I didn't do it. I bet. Accusing accusing his court appointed translator of sourcing him to cooperate with prosecutors in exchange for leniency and an appeal and appealed his conviction, conviction um, that appeal was pending. Mm-hmm. In response to the question of 
um, from NBC News submitted through an attorney in, in January 2020. Ahmad gained denied. Ahmad again denied playing any role in the killings. And when is this article from? This article is from October 9th, 2020. He's going to end up dead. He's going to end up killed. I kill, he killed himself. So he's guilty and he killed himself. That's what you think. That's what I think. Uh, he's yeah, the, so he's the, he's the fall guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he submitted through attorney through an attorney in January 2020. Ahmad again denied playing any role in the killings. Turkish authorities did not respond to multiple requests for comment on the case made directly to the police and prosecutors and prosecutors and submitted through the Turkish Interior Ministry in Ankara and the Turkish Embassy in Washington. The FBI, meanwhile, declined to any answer specific questions about the case um, or the barriers handing of it. Assuming any brief statement expressing support of the Turkish investigation. Again, FBI is going, I don't know. Mm-hmm. We can't we can answer any of these questions that you have. Mm-hmm. So there is a there was a picture um of the of the cousin being at like their funeral. I don't know what it's called and at their funeral? At the at the funeral. Oh wow. Um he was they had a picture of him. He was there. Um, probably if I had just killed two people, I probably wouldn't show up to the funeral. But you know, I don't know. What do I know? Yeah. Seems like not the actions of somebody who killed those people. But yeah. yeah, he could have been crazy or something. I don't know. So the case against Ahmad is circumstantial but significant. Ahmad then 20 into Turkey in early 2017 after he, after a stint in the Free Syria Army. He had been struggling to support himself in Damascus. Ahmad told investigators in October and fearing he could be pressed into Assad's service, he arranged with the Barakats to work for Aruba and eventually settled with Aruba's younger brother, Mehan Barakat and Instable. On October 9th, I'm sorry, on October 19th, 2017, security camera footage obtained by investigators shows Ahmad walking away from a bus station um, in Instable's uh, neighborhood in the direction of Allah and Ruba's apartment. The cameras capture him in multiple points along the route, and he is last seen just a few blocks away. Security camera footage show Ahmad again the morning after walking away from the area of the apartment. Mm. He has changed his clothes and now appears to be carrying a plastic shopping bag. By the time he reaches the bus station, the bag has disappeared. Allah and Aruba's body were discovered the following night after friends and colleagues realized they were missing. Okay. You interjected some new information here as far as him him possibly being a sleeper cell Mm -hmm. for Assad. I didn't know that part. So it's definitely possible he was a, a, a sleeper cell and, oh, that's our cousin. And then he works his way into their circle. Yeah. And then then co- commits a hit yeah. on the on behalf of this of of this uh this regime. Yeah. So now those are my two theories. Okay. Either he didn't do it or he did it and it wasn't about fucking money. It was that's a, what I, th- it was I don't hit. Th- yeah, that's what I think. Yeah. That's what I think. Ahmad's attempts to explain his presence in the area that night. Um so he tried to explain his presence in the area that night. He admits that he visited the apartment but mm-hmm. claims he left and spent the night sleeping near the water. I went to, yeah, I went to uh, Aruba just for a visit, Ahmad told NBC News. Echoing his denial and to investigators, I knocked on the door and no one answered. And I needed to sleep because I didn't, I don't have anywhere, I don't have anyone to go to but Aruba and Instable. Material evidence, Ahmad, well, you had, that's crazy because you said you changed your clothes. But um, material evidence of Ahmad's presence inside the apartment, however, was contradic- contradictory Investigators took swabs from Allah and Aruba's body twice, once at the crime scene and again during the autopsy. 
While forensic experts who examined the crime scene, Swaz reported that DNA match op- um, Ahmad's profile mm. was discovered under one of Aruba's fingernails. Oh. The autopsy report concluded that there was no foreign DNA found on, the, on Aruba's body at all. Discrepancy does not appear to have been addressed or resolved. The case files indicate that forensic ana- analysis of fingerprints, footprints, and electronic devices taken from the crime scene was ordered. But he, there he are. He could have killed the mom first without a struggle and then had a struggle with the daughter. Yeah. Aruba's the mom, right? Aruba's the mom, yes. Yeah. So that doesn't. But that's what happened. Finger, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but there are no documents um, specifying whether those findings confirm or contradict investigators' theory of the case. Police, police later searched for Ahmad's shopping bag, but never found it. That bag is long gone. Oh, according, yeah, according to a court filing, experts examined all the knives in the apartment, but court documents indicate indicates investigators were unable to identify the murder weapon. The Barakat family doesn't doubt Ahmad's involvement, only his motive and his means to carry out the killings. So they was also saying that um, the motive doesn't make sense. Yeah. No way he did this. They don't think he did him by himself. For a couple of dollars. Yeah, he did him by himself. And he wasn't smart enough to go, I need to do laundry detergent every week yeah. to cover the smell. Yeah. He was sent at the behest of somebody else. Yeah. That definitely is what happened. Um, so they said that Ahmad alone cannot kill them. No way. That I think this was the brother of um um of uh, Hala, and reveal Ahmad was an accomplice in the crime. Turkish investigators appear to have shared those suspicions at least initially in their immediate descriptions descriptions of the crime scene. Corroborated by independent eyewitnesses, appear inconsistent with the prosecutor's theory of the case as a crime of passion. Um. So here again, the investigative files reveal stark contradictions that were never directly addressed by prosecutors. According to the autopsy reports, Allah and Aruba were stabbed multiple times in their face and neck area. Mm. Um, but Chief Prosecutor um, Tunki, who personally examined the crime scene, according to the police report, was left with different impressions. An external wound slaughter style can be seen on her neck. I'm guessing it was like a slice from maybe like ear to ear. Mm-hmm. Um was noted twice, once in reference to Allah and again in reference to Aruba. Days later, when Shaza Barakat, Aruba's younger sister, were preparing to wash Allah and Aruba's body for burial in accordance with Muslim tradition, which is, I don't know about that one. No, she, I mean, that, well, before you, before we keep going, yeah. uh, there, there's this, uh, there's like this new wave of mortuary people who mm-hmm. are, do like social media um, presences, and they think that there's something therapeutic about it takes away the fear of death when you handle your handle your relatives and your family members yourself as opposed to a stranger because you know, who who knows your family member better than them better better than yeah, you true. you know mm-hmm. so it's just kind of this last i think jewish people do it too i think i might be wrong but it's this last moment to kind of send your family member off you okay. know, and take care of them and everything. so there's a beauty to it yeah i was saying that that's weird, rough. So it's weird that's rough. yeah but i'm saying also it is like us with our American sentiments, we go. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah, I don't. Th- I'm not saying it's weird. I- I'm saying that it's that would hard. be a hard thing to for do. sure. For yeah, sure. Yeah. But I'm not saying yeah, it's weird. For sure. For sure. I just don't want anybody to get that mixed up. Yeah, you know. I got um, you. So days later, when Shaza Berica, Aruba's youngest sister, was preparing to wash Allah and Aruba's body for burial in accordance with Muslim tradition, she made the same observation: just one wound on her neck. Shaza told ABC Reveal, both of them, they both just had one wound. Yeah. And in a handwritten note scribbled on a um, a memo justifying the decision to continue to detain Ahmad um, on, 
on ongoing investigation, the chief prosecutor also indicated that the investigation may have been broader than previously known. In accordance with the evidence that has been found, the notes reads, the suspect is suspected of committing a collective crime. Um, it is the only indication that investigators believe Ahmad had any acted, had had not acted alone in the wake of Ahmad's October 6th confession. However, the investigation appears to end. Questions about Ahmad's motive and whether he had co-conspirators were left unanswered. I personally agree, think that he wasn't alone in this. Um, but like in the apartment or in that the, in, in the, the, in the, the situation killing, in the situation. But do you mean literally like he wasn't alone in the apartment? I mean, or like, like he he did this. He had somebody, somebody told him to. Both. Both. Or both. Yeah, both. Okay, yeah I think it, both. Um, so I did find this story. It, they this is the story. I believe is, um, the Trump administration and yeah, we United didn't, States we, we didn't and FBI involved. didn't want to get involved in that. Yeah. They didn't want to get involved in that, but they were saying this. Ha- this is not the first time this has happened, where the U.S. goes, we can't, yeah, we can't get involved and stuff like that. It's not the first time that it's happened, then or and vice versa. Listen, man, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. You yeah. know what I mean? So I don't, of course, I know, don't think so. And we haven't heard much about Ghislaine Ma- Maxwell since all the memes and all she got arrested and everything. So who knows what, that, what happened with that? These countries with power and 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 and, and connections and, and and deals to upload uphold, they don't like journalists exposing things and they don't like people exposing information about their dignitaries. And Jeffrey Epstein mm-hmm. had a lot of information on a lot of powerful people. Yeah. So he had to go had as to go. far as they were concerned. The this mom and this daughter, they were opposing the government in power or the regime in power or whatever, the, the terroristic group that was controlling the area or whatever. And so they had to go as far as they were concerned. Jamal Khashoggi was constantly a, a, a negative, uh, putting out negative reportings about the prince of Saudi Arabia. So he had to go as far as he was concerned. You know? Yeah. The Turkish civil war is crazy, man. Yeah, that, I know. That shit affected in, in his canter. The oh, NBA he can't go play. back. He can't go back. They will, they will, they will kill, arrest him. Oh, yes. And probably worse than that. Yeah, but he, he said he, I know he can't go back. But they were saying that a lot of these journalists have come together and saying that, um, that Hala and Namam or whatever other American journalists don't have the support um, by their own government. Sure. When stuff like this happened. Yeah. So I do have, I did look up because I just thought it was pretty interesting. I didn't know. I know you hear about journalists and stuff like that and they mm-hmm. go against, they go against a lot of stuff that what they write about yeah. is even them going against it or they have their, their own opinions on things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I did look up, just wanted to look up some facts on a journalist. I didn't know it was such a hard uh, career. I, I yeah. guess I would want to say like it's it's really dangerous. Well, especially depending like a, on a, what award award. Yeah, 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 depending on what you know what you cover and whatnot. I looked up how many journalists have been killed. Sure, That's what I looked up. Um, so they were saying that journalists have been um, killed by suicide bombs, shot by gangs, caught in crossfire, mm. um, and targeted on live TV. Over the past decade, at least five hundred fifty-four journalists mm. and forty-nine media workers. Um, which is a category that includes drivers and uh, interpreters, were killed around the world, mm. according to a data collected of the committee by the committee to protect journalists. Yeah. So, forty nine journalists were murdered in twenty nineteen, which is the lowest toll in sixteen years. Mm. And then it got um. So, numerous journalists have been murdered or killed in the United States while reporting covering a military conflict or because of their status as a journalist. At least 39 of these have been directed, tar- directly targeted as a result of their journalistic investigations. Yeah. That's crazy. 
Well, one I of the, know. One of the, yeah, one of the big fears um, for the last decade plus was before ISIS, the Taliban, was, you know, the government, the United, the president of the United States would get sent a video of them beheading a journalist on, yeah. you know, on camera, some, some, some terrorist tape. Yeah. Like that was a big, that was like a big fear. And it happened a couple of times. Yeah. But that was, I mean, if you were a journalist in, in a conflict area, you were under the impression that if they caught you and knew what you were doing, oh yeah, you were going to be used for a propaganda video. Yes. So yeah, no, that's, I mean, it's a very tough job. Yeah. So like I said, there was 29 journalists that were murdered in 2019 and at least 43 journalists have been killed on their work so far in 20. And this was in 2018, mm-hmm. according to the committee to protect journalists, 15 other journalists have also been killed through their deaths um, have been officially linked to their work. Didn't know that this was such a, I know it can be dangerous, like you said, based on what they're covering. Yeah. They're covering like a war or something like that. It's, 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 that's insane. But um, they were saying, I did look up the safety of journalism. Journalists is the ability of journalists and the media professional to receive and produce shared information without facing physical or moral threats. Yeah. So it just, like if you covering or if you're bashing, like you said, that guy, uh, Kish- was Jamal name? Khashoggi. Jamal Khashoggi. Yeah. And he wasn't just reporting the news. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that makes you probably still are in, in danger. But when you're directly going like, fuck this guy. I mean, he yeah. did it in more poetic words, but like, this guy's awful. Fuck him. Yeah. Now you have a target on your back. Right. Now they're looking for you, not just going, oh, look, it's a guy over there with a camera and a microphone. Yeah. He might just be reporting what's happening right now. Yeah. As but, opposed to shitting on the yeah. person. But that's what also what um, Aruba was doing. Yes. Was it reporting on the like Syrian, Syrian war? A direct like opponent that. of the yeah, government. Yeah, and um, the regime of somebody, and yeah. then they go, okay, well, we're not going to tell them to respect. Yeah. Got, you, you got, we got to get y'all out of here. You and then they used, but then they used their, I think that they used, like you said, their brother, their cousin, mm-hmm. and he made, Weasel got his way, in, way in, in, had some type of connect with some other fucking, uh, some other, uh, what's the word for it, um, some skilled, trained killer. Oh, like an assassin. Like or, an assassin. Yeah, yeah. And just left the door open on or something like and that. And go, you, you, take, you take the blame. Sure. You take the blame or we're going to get you out of here too. Yeah. That's how I think with that. And he went like, shit, I got it. That's completely possible. I think that all of that sounds, as crazy as it sounds, that sounds more plausible to me than murdering two women over a couple dollars. Yeah. You know, I, I just, and then going to sleep down by the... That was different. That was a whole different. Him saying he didn't do it and he slept yeah. down. All of his alibi just sounds like a made up bullshit thing. Yeah, it's like the Lee, Har- Lee Harvey Oswald thing, like the guy that they say killed JFK. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. Like I just saw some. At- I saw something in the National. What is it? The uh, National Enquirer uh-huh. that Larry Hoover had something to do with that. Yeah. Well, they think that the mob killed JFK. Yeah. Well, they, well, there's, well, there's rumors. Yeah, that that's the what, mob that's what, yeah. had something to do with killing JFK. But it's the same way they just give you some fucking. Here's the story. Yeah. And that's what happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's just how it is. Well, Hoover, I, he was in the mob though, right? Wasn't he? I'm not familiar with I'm not familiar with Larry Hoover. Oh, okay. But um yeah, they just give you here's here's the official story. That's always the conspiracy. That when you look for like the 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 beginning paragraph of, you know, an a conspiracy theory always has like the official story, you know? It's the same one of my favorite Patrice O'Neill uh I'm sorry, it wasn't Larry Hoover. Yeah, Larry Hoover's um, like a drug dealer. Yeah. So I, was like, I was like, maybe there's another Larry Hoover. Uh, J. Edgar, Edgar Hoover. Hoover. Okay, okay. Yeah, 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 I was him, like, him. yeah, yeah, that's what I was like. Larry, I, I know who Larry I Hoover is. Yeah, like a black crack the, dealer. Yeah, the Hoover was throwing me out. I know J. it was Edgar Hoover, Hoover, but okay, it was yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Possibly. Yeah, it's yeah. a whole bunch of things other than the guy Lee Harvey Oswald being where they say he was. It doesn't make sense. The bullet would have to curb. It's a whole thing. If you look into the John F. Kennedy conspiracy theory, it's a whole thing. But the official story is X, right? And like I was saying, my favorite Patrice O'Neill observation is the whole story of Osama bin Laden, how they killed Osama bin Laden, right? It's like they killed Osama bin Laden and they were bringing him back to the United States. But um, on the way, they decided to drop him in the ocean because that's what Muslim. Uh, uh, I don't want to misconstrue people's religions, but yeah. that's what they, they said, like burying him in the sea. They were doing a respectful thing. And it's like, you just killed the shit out of this dude. Yeah. They've been hunting this guy for the last decade. He's the big boogeyman of the United States. But you're going to take some time to like respect his religion? I just, I, there's, there's, there's things to question there, right? So that's always, you know, the official story. If the, You always look into the official story. If the official story has any kind of big holes in it, it probably isn't true. But well, that's what you got. That's what they're feeding you. Yeah, you just got to accept and, that. And that's why I don't like the news, number one. Mm-hmm. Two is like, you feed the masses this story, mm-hmm. okay? And you go, this is what happened. This is how it went. This is who was involved. This is who did it, whatever. Somebody goes, wait, and then, what? That doesn't then, really make sense. Yeah, Shut up. Yeah, but, yeah, that too. Mm-hmm. But that happens 20 years, 15 years down the line after somebody questions it. Yes. But it's already in history book. History books says this is what happened. Absolutely. And this is how it happened. Yeah. And then after a while, people go, somebody that used to work, like, inside, retires or yeah. something, and then... Then everything hits the fan, and yeah. everything comes out. Then the and, real, the person on their deathbed tells the truth, and then you get some article twenty years later, like um, JFK was killed by the mob. Yeah, but know, then whatever. yeah, but then it goes. But we, you tell this story for over twenty years, and people yeah. go, "No, that's not." I and can't believe that's that what happened. part is not going to make the headlines. Right. The main, the official story is going to stay the official story, even when the true part comes out. Yeah. That like, no, that was a lie. Because this it's already really buried happened. in people's head. Everybody exactly. already buried with this is what happened. So people go, Yeah, that's that's what happened. Exactly. I I he got thrown in the ocean shit. If you wouldn't have said what you just said, yeah. I go, okay, that's what that's that's just what they did. Yeah. But it could be later some down the line they could they did that because of some other reason. Or they didn't find I don't know, some yeah. crazy oh, shit should come Oh out. that's my whole point is yeah. if that's the official story, whatever happened, if you are a person who believes in conspiracy theories, was a whole it was not even anything like what that was. Yeah. The whole, they went in and killed him. And I don't mean to, I don't want to get into that, but I'm just saying on the lines of what you're talking about. Yeah. The official story, when it has a whole bunch of holes in it, but that hasn't changed yeah. really, probably some, something fishy going on. Yeah. And that story just has a bunch of holes in it. I think that that dude, I don't know. You said something about January of this year. So I don't know if he's still alive or if he, is they're just going to, you know, convict convict him as the guy who killed his family because of, you know, he owed them some money. But I'm sure it's more complicated than that. Yeah. But they're going to go with that, prosecute him, and that's what's going to be the official story. Yeah. But all and these tell, journalists and know. Until other news, until other news, some yeah. new news come out. I mean, all these journalists in her defense, they know it. They know it. They know, they that's know exactly not what happened. They yeah. know that's not what happened. Yeah. But that's going to be the official story yep. in Turkey. Yep. Right? And also, just before we take a take a quick break, I need people because I keep, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to get into it, but I just want, I keep hearing, not keep hearing, but it's only, it's just becoming whispers now as the days go on. But I just, you know, whenever you, you go on Instagram or Twitter, you see these little videos of people outside of government buildings with beer bellies and guns and there's civil war. Yeah. I need you to go look up Turkey and what's, Shit is what's going on in the Turkish civil famine genocide people are being murdered yes right over a hundred thousand people are dying go look what's happening in central africa 
There's a civil war going on in Central Africa. It's not just disagreements and Twitter words and all. Yeah. Think about what a civil war is before you just go around spitting that around. Because you sound fucking dumb, okay? Because of the Confederacy? Just, I'm just saying, to say that here in America. But that's what, that's what I feel like they, re, they result back to when they go a civil war. But they're just going over some idea of like what America is. Yeah, yeah. But this is not the country for that. Yeah. There's real shit going. Yeah. People are starving in, in Turkey. And the government is killing people. People are getting their arms cut off in Central Africa. Yeah. There's no central war, civil war happening here. It just isn't. People go to the Verizon store every day. This is, a, this is not the land of that. People are not equipped for a civil war. Yeah. It's not that bad here for it to be a civil war happening. So I just hate hearing that word. It's just not happening. So I don't even like people just pretending like they're ready and about that. Because they're not. It just it just isn't the case. Drop them drop them down there over there where and, That's and, what you want to go fight. See, you want to go be in a civil and, war. And see you, how long yeah, you last. go see what a civil war is like. You there's no you don't get to eat Salisbury steak every night and watch yeah. Fox News and no. CNN and talk shit to your TV and pet your dog. And civil war is real. You can walk 10 feet and blow up in the pieces. Yeah, man. I just hate that shit, man. Like you know, like I said at the beginning, I don't I don't I want to push positive energy, but we got to move past any of that goofy shit being mentioned. For us to continue down a pathway to positivity, because that's just not going to happen. It's foolishness. So let's just move into 2021 with some positive energy and just avoid even even entertaining goofy shit like that. Because yeah. they're not people aren't going to stop saying shit like that. But it's on you to when you share it and go, oh man, these people are crazy. Yeah, they're crazy. Let them be crazy and say crazy. Don't don't feed it. Just move on with yeah. your life, man. But um, yeah, no, that was a good story, man. It's a lot of crazy shit going on in the world. And that's just a small example of it. Of the yeah, I just control. I thought I wanted to do that story because it was something I did. I had no idea sure. that was going on. Yeah, as far as journalists, you having a job and you having a target on your back. Yeah, for knowing information or putting out information you're not supposed to be or yeah. speaking the on truth. something that you have. Yeah, that they don't want to be out. Yeah, that's just that's how it works. Which Chris, is sad. Rest yeah. in peace to them. Rest in peace. Yeah. Um, what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, it's my turn to tell some fucked up shit. So stick around. All right, and we are back. Fran, I decided I wanted to be on theme for my affirmative murder this week. Okay. So this, my story involves Thanksgiving in a way. All right. Uh, my affirmative murder this week is the story of Priscilla Ford. Okay. okay. Is this going to be graphic? Uh, no, not really. Okay. It's more informative in the, right. you know, story. Um, my sources were, my sources were Murderpedia and mm. uh, Carson, and an article from, an article from CarsonNow.org. Mm. <clears throat> I'll begin. Thanksgiving, a day for family and being thankful. A day filled with so many infectious good vibes that the last thing on anyone's mind is hurting people, right? I mean, Thanksgiving murder? Thanksgiving is a time to appreciate what we have instead of what we don't have. At least that's the case for most of us. Priscilla Ford was born in February of 1929 in Barron Springs, Michigan. Miss Ford made local history when she with only a high school diploma, became the first black teacher in her area of uh, Dowagiak, Michigan, mm. in 1957. Okay. School board officials were at first skeptical of Ford's ability and nervous because of the glass ceiling she had shattered, but they were soon uh, singing her praises as, she, as a gifted, caring teacher. She kept that job for more than seven years before earning a bachelor's degree in education in 1966. However, by 1970, Priscilla's rising star had taken a turn for the worst. 
Family and friends reported Ford's behavior had become increasingly bizarre. She reported seeing her dead husband across the street from her now home in Buffalo, New York, mm. and talked about having the soul of Adam and Jesus Christ. Her son returned home from the army in 1972 only to find that his mother, once a respected educator with a bright future, was now delusional and battling alcohol dependency. Mm. By 1973, Ford was living in Reno, Nevada, and had voluntarily committed herself to, Nevada, to the Nevada uh, Mental Health Institute, where she was treated and released. The diagnosis was of passive-aggressive personality with hysterical episodes. A year later, Ford was arrested for trespassing and was again sent in for a mental health evaluation. Her daughter, Winter Scott, who was 11 years old at the time, was taken away by social workers and placed in Wittenberg Hall, a juvenile detention center. Ford, possibly unable to cope with her issues or take personal responsibility, considered her daughter a kidnapping victim. She moved back to New York, where she, where she sought help from the Catholic charities in Buffalo. A nun described her as delusional. Fast forward four years to 1978, and Priscilla Ford is now somehow in Blackfoot, Idaho, where she is treated at a mental hosp uh, hospital. She's in different areas? Yeah, I know. It's really, like, nomadic. Yeah. In 1979, now back in Buffalo, New York... Ford is treated at a yet another mental hospital where she, where she is diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. So just a little background. Uh, uh, paranoid schizophrenia or schizophrenia is a disorder that affects a person's ability to think, feel, and behave clearly. It is often accompanied by delusions and hallucinations, making it difficult, but not impossible for the person to lead a typical life. The exact cause of schizophrenia isn't known but a combination of genetics, environment, and altered brain chemistry and structure may play a role. Schizophrenia is characterized by thoughts or experiences that seem out of touch with reality. Disorganized speech or behavior and decreased participation in daily activities. Difficulty with concentration and memory may also be present. Treatment is usually uh, and often involves a combination of medication, psychotherapy, and coordinated specialty care services. All things that she was not getting. She was just being treated and released and, mm -hmm. you know, probably given medication until she leveled out and then just let go. Yeah. Um, most people with schizophrenia are never violent and indeed uh, do not display any dangerous behavior. However, a small number do become violent when they are suffering from the acute symptoms of psychosis because of the influence of the hallucinations and the delusions on their thinking. Mm. Schizophrenia occurs in about 1.1% of the population. While paranoid schizophrenia is considered the most common subtype of this chronic disorder, the average age of onset late adolescence to early adulthood, usually between the ages of 18 to 30, are when, you know, they, it begins to manifest. Mm -hmm. Um, so I just want to give a little bit of context whenever I'm talking about something that I'm not familiar with. And we might have some listeners who, you know, uh, you know, uh, are diagnosed as schizophrenic or something. So I don't want to disrespect them by just going, here's a story about somebody who went crazy and did something wild. You know, yeah. like there is, you know, the majority of people who are diagnosed as schizophrenic with schizophrenia aren't violent people, but untreated people battling the hallucinations and the, you know, and the delusions may 
you know, be put in a situation where they might become violent or, you know, commit some kind of crime. Yeah. But back to Miss Ford. Uh, in May 1980, she was now living. I put that in quotes because she was never really living anywhere. She almost was, you know, like a like a, you know, like a person with the stick in the bendle. And yeah. Get on a train, get on a train and just go from city to city. Right. Yeah. Um, she was now living in Maine where she asked an attorney for help in getting her daughter back. She allegedly told the lawyer that if she isn't helped, she will drive across the state and kill everybody she saw along the way. Damn. Six months later, en route to San Francisco, Priscilla stopped in Reno, Nevada to cash a check and decided to remain in the city. She got a temp job at a package ra- as a package wrapper at Macy's, which is your old stomping ground. Yeah. And, yep. Yeah. Used to, you weren't a package wrapper, though, right? Package wrapper, no. Oh, okay. used to unload the trucks. Got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah. You can you you. I tell you one thing about you, friend. You kept the job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You kept the job, like odd jobs too, like not normal fifteen, sixteen year old jobs. Yeah. You kept you kept a few of those jobs. Yeah. I've had two jobs in my life. Yeah, I don't think I ever was fired before. Yeah, you just go to the I'm next just, job. I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Roll out. <laughs> Uh, um, so yeah, so now she's now back in Reno, Nevada, working at a Macy's. Um, and, uh, um, so she got the, she got, she got back in town on November 20th, seven days later, it is now a brisk 47 degree day in Reno, Nevada. It's not just any day though. It's Thanksgiving. Tons of tourists scurrying around the streets of Casino Row. And just before three o'clock in the afternoon, a blue Lincoln Continental was heading north on South Virginia Street in downtown Reno. It was a warmer day, and casinos were offering Thanksgiving dinners to patrons. Now, you've never been to Vegas, right? No. So, 47 degrees? Yeah, but it's, that's for... for uh, Is that like late, 3 a.m. or something? No, it's in the afternoon. Late in November is... Oh, November, okay. Yeah, okay. late in November in, in Nevada, that's a pretty nice... That's basically 50 degrees. Mm. That's a mild day. You put on a light hoodie. By the time... Well, it's, it's unseasonably a little warm right now, but it's yeah. pretty cold today. You're not just, you can't wear shorts no. in the East Coast in late November, typically. So I know that says 47, but in, in Nevada, that's like 52. Okay. So um, a, a day where people will be out if they paid money to be there, because yeah. it's, it's a tourist town. But my point was, I've never been to Reno because why well, go to Reno when you can go to Vegas is my thing. It's, it's better. They do the same thing, but but better. Really? Okay. Yeah. And you can get food anywhere, anytime, anytime, you know, all at any point. Right. And then around Thanksgiving, you can get turkey and gravy, mashed potatoes, stuffing and all that kind of stuff at the casinos. Okay. So you can get the Thanksgiving energy on vacation. Mm. So it's one of those kind of days. So people are out you gambling, but it's Thanksgiving. So let's eat some turkey, whatever. And then you can casino hop. Okay. You can go do a little bit of gambling here. Go play cheaper tables here. You can go to this place. This place has a cool uh, fountain show. So it was one of those typical days in Reno. People just jumping, you know, out, out mm. and about on a nice, mild day. Um, but barreling down the street was uh, this blue Lincoln Continental. Inside the car was 51-year-old Priscilla Ford with a blood alcohol level of 0.162. Mm. On Thanksgiving Day, she made good on her alleged promise to that main lawyer. She drove onto the sidewalk near second st- near the second street intersection, jumping the curb. Damn. She accelerated the Lincoln to around 40 miles per hour, driving back and forth across the streets onto the sidewalks. People tried their best to throw themselves out of her path, but not everyone succeeded. In only a few short minutes, five people were killed instantly, 
Damn. Those injured were numerous, 24 in total. 10 were sent to St. Mary's Hospital, 14 to Washoe Medical Center. Seven people total died after two additional victims succumbed to their injuries later. The street resembled something from a horror movie or an active war zone. Everything was destroyed. Bodies of, of the dead laid in the streets, body parts of the wounded scattered amongst crushed shopping bags mm. and discarded shoes. Broken street lights were flung onto the side like rag dolls. Ford stopped the car and did not resist when she was taken into custody. And she was in a Lincoln what? A Lincoln Continental. The long one? 1974 metal. Iron. Yeah. Like, Jesus. they don't make cars. Don't like like, that no, more. no yeah, this, yeah. Was, this was a killing machine. It was made of, it was made of metal. Damn. Um, so like I said, she stopped the car. She did not resist when she was taken into custody. Uh, one of the questions she asked deputies was, how many did I kill? What? When she was told five or six, she allegedly answered, good. Mm. Almost immediately, her mental competence became a matter of and a focus of concern. A series of psychiatric evaluations prompted by a defense motion for psychiatric examination culminated in a uh, determination by the district court that Mrs. Ford was not competent to stand trial. After a period of treatment at Lakes Crossing that included a court-authorized defense-resisted regimen of antipsychotic drug therapy, uh, the court, the district court ordered a sanity commission consisting of three psychi uh, three psychiatrists to examine Mrs. Ford. As a result of the commission's findings, the district court concluded that Mrs. Ford was mentally competent to undergo trial. Now, just to be clear, she did not get the treatment that she deserved, that she desperately needed for over a decade until this state was trying to kill her. Her defense said, we don't want you to give her antipsychotic drugs. And they said, no, we're going to give her antipsychotic drugs. We're going to expedite the process to get her as lucid as possible. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to bring in three psychiatrists that work for the prosecutor to evaluate her and say, no, she's fine. You know, but the defense is saying this woman is clearly unstable. Yeah. The, the, you're you're pumping her full of drugs in order to present her as competent to stand trial. But we want it to be on record that we disagree with this and we don't want her to be given antipsychotics right now. Because it's a falsehood. Yeah. You guys are just trying to make it seem like that so that you can put her on trial and, and sentence her to death. The competency issue was in part muddled by the fact that a person doesn't necessarily have to be sane to be competent enough to stand trial. And the Nevada insanity standard doesn't say that competence to stand trial proves sanity or insanity at the moment of the at the moment the crime was committed. So basically saying whether or not you were out of your mind or not out of your mind when you committed the crime has nothing to do with you standing trial. Yeah. You're fine now, so you're competent to stand trial. Your yeah. actions have nothing to do with that. So it really created a it really put the defense in a bind. Cuz they're saying clearly she was unstable to do what she did. And they go, "Well, we sent her to a psych ward, got her balanced out, and she's fine now." So well, how can, can they say that when she this that was premeditated though? What driving down the road yeah, and doing all that kind of stuff, people. but premeditated in the sense of what that she's that she said she you know allegedly said to the main lawyer that, that she was, was going to do that. Yeah, but one that was alleged, right? That's why I wanted to make sure that it was oh, alleged. Okay. But also, so we don't know for sure she said that. We I don't know we we don't okay. know for sure that she said that. Also, that was six months apart. Still, and she's and according to her, but again, it, it all goes to this thing of like, are we saying this woman is lucid and able to tell her own story? 
Because if that's the case, she's saying, I was on my way to San Francisco. I just randomly stopped in Reno to cash a check. And then I was like, you know what? I'll just stay here. As opposed to, no, she, it was all premeditated and she came to Reno to do that. She just got the job as a cover and all this. So are we either, we're either taking this woman's actions all as like conscious decisions, or this is a woman who is trying her best to deal with her mental illness, try to keep a steady life going. She got a job in Reno. And then one day her mental illness got the best of her. So it all depends on what side of the spectrum you fall on. It's the mm-hmm. same thing with the uh, multiple personalities thing. Yeah. Either you believe that multiple personalities exist and, you know, you look at the what this person's saying and you go, I mean, that sounds kind of multiple personality-ish. Or you go, that's all made up. Now, we know uh, mental illness is not made up. Yeah. And we know by her record that she clearly was dealing and battling with mental illness for a long time. So... What is or isn't premeditated to a person that's battling mental illness? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't, it could have just been, she's driving, she's drunk. Yeah. And she's just mad and she thinks she's Jesus. And I'll get into all that. But what is premeditated, you know, to a person that's in the throes of mental illness? It's a hard, it's a hard one, but it's yeah. not hard to these people because they're like, no, we're going to, she's dying. Yeah. That she messed up our tourist tourism. She put a stain on the city. She's out of here. So make her look fine. So she can go sit on and stand trial. Yeah. Um, with all the legal maneuverings, it seemed that the doctors and lawyers would be the stars of the show. Because, you know, they're basically having this battle of, is she competent? Is she not competent? So they just assumed what really matters is who has the, the best uh, doctor to take the stand mm-hmm. and who has the best lawyer to take the stand as far as what are the laws on um, putting a, mental, a mentally ill person to death. Right. It sounds fun to watch. Yeah, but that's what they thought, right? They thought like, <laughs> that's what it's really going to be, a bunch of experts yeah. you know, making the best case. They thought that was going to be the case, but that, that was true until Ford took the stand in her own defense. What? During the subsequent five days, she made such... And I would think this would, this would clear everything up for the defense where they go, need we say, need we say more? Yeah. I, I mean, she is clearly battling delusions, Yeah. right? So over the subsequent five days, she made such claims as she was the spirit of Jesus Christ, Mm, uh, the Holy Spirit and Adam reincarnate. Uh, I am human, she testified, and I am divine. I don't like this any more than anyone else does. I don't want to be divine. The only person whose uh, whose non-credential testimony seemed to have as much impact was the testimony of her daughter, Winter Scott. Ford claimed that uh, her daughter went to Scott, who Ford had claimed had been abducted by child welfare officials. Scott told tales of her mother, of her youth with Ford. Among other things, Ford, Ford taught her daughter how to smoke marijuana at the age of nine. What? At various times, Ford had discussed with her the belief in her own divinity and had suggested plans to have Scott artificially inseminated in order to bring another messiah through virgin birth into the world. This is what her daughter is saying on the stand. Like, this was my life with my mother. And now I'm in a, uh, so this is, this this is after her mom went out. Yeah. She was the next witness to come up on the, I would assume the defense put her on the, at at this point, you're trying to save this woman's life, trying to save her from herself. She's clearly, that's not saving her. It is saving her because the the prosecution is saying she's fine. Oh, put her to death. And you put her daughter on the stand to go, what was your life like with this woman? Yeah. And she goes, oh, she was talking about artificially inseminating me. She would have me smoke weed. She was told me she was Jesus Christ. You know, uh, what else did she say? She talked about Jesus Christ, 
about her being Jesus Christ, about me being Jesus Christ, uh, the Reno Evening Gazette reported Scott's testimony. Uh, she went on to say she talked to my aunt about being uh, about being about me being artificially inseminated to bear Jesus Christ. The seven woman, five man jury only took 13 hours of deliberation to find Ford guilty of murdering six people and attempting to murder 23 others. So that tells me they didn't listen to her and they didn't listen to her daughter. They had already had their mind made up because this was the biggest story in Nevada at the time that this woman ran over all these people on the sidewalk. So they're just like, she's evil. We don't, this isn't, yeah, keep in mind also, this is the 1980s. So they don't mm. care about mental illness yeah. and we're not trying to hear all that gobbledygook. That's all it is in 1980s. Ah, uh, whatever, all that fooey excuses. Yeah, yeah, her daughter, Jesus, she's Jesus, whatever, guilty, right? So they only took 13 hours to find her guilty. All that was left was for the jury to decide whether she would be put to death in a gas chamber or receive life without parole Gas chamber. Yeah, they were still doing gas chambers as 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 late as nineteen as the nineteen eighties in this country. It took more that than terrible. yeah. It took more than nine days to uh, to March twenty eighth of nineteen eighty two for the verdict. Uh, death in Nevada's gas chamber. However, Ford never made it to the gas chamber or to lethal injection as it became law in nineteen eighty three. Instead, instead, at the age of 75, in January of 2005, Ford died of emphysema at the Southern Nevada Women's Correctional Center after spending over 20 years of her life in prison. Uh. Um, so I did this story, one, because it was, it was a Thanksgiving theme, but as I really dug into it, it really re just reminded me that, you know, we are in a mental health epidemic in this country. You know, I read a statistic that says over 50% of police interactions that turn into, you know, scuffles are with people that are dealing with mental illness, you know? 50%? Oh, yes. Dang. Over. Over 50. And these people don't have anywhere to go. They don't have, you know, these, these people are... What's some homeless? Yeah, a lot of them are homeless. They're not being treated properly. A lot of them are veterans coming back from, from war, yeah. dealing with post-traumatic post stress disorder and just being thrown away by their own government. And, and who turn homeless. Yeah, and also in, in, and in turn become homeless. And then when you're homeless, what do you do? You got to do what you got to do to survive. Yeah. You end up getting, you know, you're, you're trespassing or you steal something or, get the help. Or, or you're dealing with a psychosis. You get into a fight with another person over some, something and the police are called and now you don't want anybody to touch you. You don't know what's going on, right? So a lot of these interactions with police are being are with people who are not in the best space mentally. Right. Um, now, I don't know what what uh, Priscilla Ford's life would have been like if she had access to the proper treatments and psychotherapies and, and drugs and things like that. But this is a woman who was committed, self-committed. I have to assume every time she went to a mental hospital, it was undone under her own will, but mm -hmm. specifically when she went to Reno. She was treated and released, treated and released, treated and released. I mean, you know, nobody ever put her on a track to get her mental health under control. Yeah. And the thing about mental health is it's not, you know, if, if you cut your arm or you get shot, like you, you know what the wound is, right? Mental health can sneak up on you. You know, it's not a thing that you just put a Band-Aid on it or put gauze on it, or you, you know, and then it's just done. It's over with. Mm. It's a daily battle. It's a lifetime battle. You got to keep an eye on it. You got to make sure that you're doing the things that you that need to be done for your mental health to be where it needs to be. You got to keep yourself balanced. That takes the people around you noticing patterns changing. It's a it's a group effort, you know, because it might you by the time you even realize something's wrong, it's too late. And now you're off the deep end. So it's just different. So I just also while I'm imploring people to go out and make some donations and, you know, 
donate some cans to a a, 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 a local pantry if you have any local or anything like that. Keep an eye on your friends and your family and just people around you because everybody that's going through stuff might not tell you openly that, you know, I'm going, I'm having a hard time right now. Yeah. You know, especially as two black men in America, I know how I was raised and it's like, man, stop, stop all that soft shit, man. Don't talk about your feelings, man. What are you crying for? Chin up. Stop all that crying. This, that, and the third. So, you know, expressing yourself and talking about your feelings and talking about your mental health and talking about your space or talking about something that you found traumatic and, and you're still dealing with is like shunned. You know, it's like, it's like you're supposed to be quote unquote a man. So I want to break that stigma and there's people out there helping to break these stigmas, but I just want to use my platform to say the same thing, which is it's okay to talk about your feelings. It's okay to talk about you're having a rough time right now. You're not processing things well right now, you know, and if you feel the space to feel safe to do those things, you have no idea what that could do for a person. If a person feels like they can come to you and talk to you about whatever, you could save that person's life. If they feel like there's nobody they can talk to, they just have to battle with those emotions and continue to fight those demons within themselves. And you have no idea what's going on with them. And you go out to dinner with them. And <laughs> they're laughing because they're, they're the funny guy in the group or whatever. Yeah. It's, oh, man, yeah, it's crazy, man. And they go home and they cry at night, you know, but they can't talk to the person, the people that they sp see every day because they're like, nah, I miss my shit. Yeah. You know, so I just implore people to just keep an eye on your friends and your family and talk to people and let people let people know it's okay. Like you can talk to me. Um, so, like I said, Priscilla Ford died in 2005. Rest in peace to all those people that um, were a, a victim to her, to the system failing Priscilla Ford. You know, I'm not saying that Priscilla Ford is blameless, but she clearly sought help. Yeah. And it wasn't given to her. And as a result of the mental health system in this country failing Priscilla Ford, seven people died. So it's a ripple effect, you know, so um, rest in peace to all those people that died on that day in Reno, Nevada, and uh, anybody out there who's suffering from any kind of mental health issues. I hope that you seek the treatment that you need. And I hope that you're able to write the ship and, you know, and get into a space to where you can go out and live your life and, you know, do the things that you need to do. I know 2020 has been rough for everybody. So, yeah. Um, what about the, what about the daughter? Anything on the daughter? Or? I have no updates on the daughter, okay. but I mean, what a life. I mean, she, you know, at 11 years old, she put into a juvenile corrections uh, facility. Then her mother, she has to take the stand against her own mother in a trial where her mother murdered seven people. So I hope she got the help that she needed. But again, it was the 80s. So I have to assume that, you know, she might not have gotten the help that she needed. Yeah. Because she would be. I mean, she's at least 50 years old now. So, you know. Um, yeah. What we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. No, no, we're not. <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going to get into these good vibes. That's right, folks. It's time for another good vibe segment. We're here to, you know, send you into Thanksgiving with, you know, warm hearts and positive um, vibes to sit at the table or at your Zoom call with your family or however you're doing Thanksgiving this year and really feel thankful for how, you know, your place in life and not think about what you don't have, but think about what you do have. Uh, my good vibe story this week is uh, the annual, the anniversary of one of my favorite feel good stories from back in 2016. Um, so uh, four years ago, a grandmother accidentally invited a stranger to her Thanksgiving dinner via text. 
Ever since, they have celebrated the holiday together, and despite the pandemic, this year was no exception. Wanda Dench and Jamal Hinton celebrate. They always put up a picture, too. And so the story always comes back around for the past four years. Always comes back around. So Wanda Dench and Jamal Hinton celebrated their fifth Thanksgiving on Friday in Mesa, Arizona. But there was an empty seat at the dinner table. After 43 years of marriage, Dench's husband, Lonnie Dench, passed away in April from, compli- from complications caused by COVID-19. Mm. Uh, it was, uh, she was quoted as saying, I wasn't looking forward to it at first because Lonnie wasn't going to be there. The past seven months have been difficult, but this was really important to me. This is what uh, the 63-year-old Dench told CNN. I can't even explain how much joy I had having good food with my favorite company. We laughed. We had a great time. We reminisced about the past. It was good for all of us. The two shared a Thanksgiving dinner with Hinton's grandma, with, with Hinton's girlfriend. Oh, now he's got a girlfriend. Hinton's girlfriend and Dench's daughter and grandson. The small group decided to celebrate Thanksgiving on Friday so they could get tested for coronavirus before celebrating with their own family so they don't risk spreading the virus. That was very conscious and very, and I really appreciate that. My mother kind of did the same thing, but her results didn't come through so nice. But I'll be, like I said, I'll be checking on my mom, make sure everything's going well. But, you know, you got to be cautious, man. You know, if you're going to the other event, I like that they gave themselves a grace period to get tested to do the right thing. Yeah. Uh, at first, it was sad. We had a photo of Lonnie at the table with a candle lit, and we were all shaky in the beginning, but it lasted five minutes before we were back to ourselves. Hinton, Hinton who's 21 years old now, told CNN. We told jokes and stories and shared our memories of Lonnie, so it was amazing. Dench and Hinton are a pair of unlikely friends. All it took to bring them together was a couple of texts to the wrong number. Dench, a grandmother of six, meant to text her grandson to invite him to her 16th to her 2016 Thanksgiving dinner, but accidentally texted the then texted the then 17-year-old Hinton while he was in class. He was confused that someone claiming to be his grandma had texted him. She sent him a smiling selfie of her uh, of herself at work. She wasn't <laughs> so he got this text from this uh, 59-year-old white lady like, yeah. "Hey, come to dinner tonight." Yeah. Uh, she wasn't his grandma, but he asked if he could still have a plate. I would too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're offering food, I mean, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Uh, she, uh, uh, he, she responded, of course you can. And uh, she said, that's what grandmas do, feed everyone. Uh, so he showed up to her home to share the... What are the odds that you text, a, uh, I guess, the, the area code? I'm like, what so who odds? was she... So, what was the text supposed to go to? One of her grandkids. One of her grandchildren. Did she ever get in contact with the other grandkid? Or? I have to assume. Yeah. <laughs> he never came. <laughs> he was replaced by this kid. Uh, so he showed up at her home to share the meal. And the two immediately became friends. Eventually, he and his girlfriend began going on regular double dates with Dench and, L- and Lonnie. So they became really good like friends. Did he, like, did he like send a picture beforehand? So they didn't know he was black? Or? I don't know that part. <laughs> She opens the door like, oh, 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 uh, hello, yes, uh, uh, hi. Maybe he, I bet he, I think he responds like, like she sent a picture of herself and then he, he sent a picture like, I mean, can I have, still have a plate? Oh, okay, good. So, okay, I, good. yeah, I think she knew. Uh, <laughs> uh, when Hinton first showed up on Dench's doorstep, he was worried there would be awkward silences or moments that he wouldn't know what to say. What he didn't expect was how she, how she would very quickly become one of his closest friends. Whenever we meet, we would spend four or five hours just talking and talking. It was never awkward. 
Wanda and Lonnie became too close, too close best friends to me. Hinton said, there's nothing about her that is mean or uncaring. It feels like I have told her my whole life story and she always listens and shares her own story. She's just the most loving person. She's pretty much perfect. Wow. So they, yeah, they really became friends. Her, uh, uh, Lonnie and herself became really good friends to this young man. And then, like I said, unfortunately, Lonnie passed away this year. Uh, for Dench and Hinton, spending Thanksgiving together is cherished is a cherished tradition they both hope never has to stop. But without Lonnie, things feel a little bit different. Lonnie was missing this year, and he was a big part of Thanksgiving of the Thanksgiving story and a big part of our lives. But that's one thing Wanda and I know for sure. Lonnie would have been very angry if we didn't have Thanksgiving to together, Hinton said. Lonnie passed away on April 5th after battling coronavirus and suffering from double pneumonia caused by the virus, mm. according to Dench. I didn't believe I would have to go home without him, she said. Even when he was in the hospital, I thought he would get better and come back to me. He was my soulmate. He was my biggest cheerleader. What everyone remembers most about Lonnie, she added, was his kindness. He was known for offering random donations to hospice centers, paying for people's meals without them knowing, and helping anyone he sees in need. Hinton's memory of him are no different. Lonnie was never the quiet guy. Right when I walked in the door the first time I met him, he didn't even reach out for a handshake. He just immediately pulled me in for a hug. He was the kind of guy to always bring hope, to, to always bring your hopes up whenever you felt down. Losing him was losing a best friend. Hinton and Dench are still healing from their loss and says Lonnie's memory will live with them forever. For now, they just hope his story will encourage people to be more careful during the pandemic. Just have patience, Dench said. I know it isn't easy and everyone is frustrated and just wants to get back to normal, but we need to have hope and always care about other people. Um, rest in peace to Lonnie. And uh, this is one of my favorite stories. It, it's, you know, it's crazy the, you know, the pandemic, you know, has affected this 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 story in this way mm -hmm. so it's bittersweet but it's still um a very sweet story of you know this is what america's about to me it, you know people we have we sh we're supposed to have more in common than we have different right and these people very different this is you know that's lonnie and and and, and everyone and the young man and his girlfriend mm -hmm. uh just to you know so uh Wanda and Lonnie and then Jamal and his girlfriend Michaela. That's a picture of all them together and you know it's two people of color, two middle two older white people just coming together and breaking bread, you know. I, you know, I just think that this this country's a melting pot and when we when we note when we focus in on that part, I think we're capable of great things. And I love this story and I hope that they continue to give us updates every year even after this bittersweet year. Rest in peace to Lonnie, but you know, like I said, Let's uh let's let's come together and let's uh let's let's heal. That's my story. I like that story, but yeah, I did I did saw I did see that um the recent post of it coming back up on Twitter the other day. Yeah, and um I that that this conversation of that text thread was is, is hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> hilarious. So I'm but, saying, um, can I get a plate? Yeah. <laughs> um. So did you say anything about Zoom? Well, yeah, some people are doing Zoom Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. Yeah, speaking of Zoom, that's what my story is, my good vibe is about. For families across the U.S., Thanksgiving this year is likely to look a little different. With grocery stores across the nation stocking, excuse me, stocking up on smaller turkeys to meet people's change needs, which is a good I idea. I still need a whole ass uh, 
I don't eat turkey. I don't. So. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, I actually smaller turkey. Outside of this whole thing, I need less turkey. Yeah, small turkey, it's maybe dry, turkey man. sandwich, and I'll be good. Yeah. Um, as for Zoom, as you think, um, as a thank you to its customers from midnight um, Eastern time on November 26th through 6 a.m. Eastern time on November 27th, they are lifting the their 40 minute time limit on mm. free meetings. So they did post a, a tweet that saying, "As thank you to our customers, we will be lifting a 40 minute time limit for all for all meetings globally from midnight." Um, on November 26th to November um, 27th. So your family gatherings don't get cut short. Yeah. Which I think is an awesome idea. For sure. they're doing that. So normally paid yearly packages for Zoom cost between $150 to $200. People out here paying for Zoom? I was about to say the same thing. Because <laughs> I, I thought it was you're free. you professional or something. Yeah, it is free. It's free in my house. Yeah, because I use it for free. <laughs> uh, is um, If a host opts to stick with the free option then a meeting runs for a maximum of 40 minutes yeah I guess if you need to have a longer meeting than yeah. 40 minutes I don't from there a new free video call needs to be started um, when participants want to chat for longer so the video communications platform isn't just lifting the free limit the free time limit in the US this Thanksgiving um, initiative is global so whether you have family or good friends from Sydney or London or a what is this TP T P T T T A I P E I. What is it? T A I P E I. Taipei. Taipei. What's that? I don't know. Maybe I don't know what that is. Taipei. Why would they use? Why would they? Because they're just letting you know the bra how how <laughs> how far the spectrum goes, bro. So far, I can't. I don't even know where it's at. <laughs> is that on Mars? Yeah. T A I P A I. T A I P E I. Yeah, it's in Taiwan. Oh, Taiwan. Okay. Mm-hmm. Taipei, Taiwan. Taipei. Okay, so you can talk to them this up this up this coming Thursday for as long as you like. I think that's a pretty dope idea. Yeah, I think, um, that's, I think that's beautiful. Man, that's Zoom stock. Man. You did a couple of years Who ago. It's, known, it's too late bro. now, but... um, Who could have known? Yeah. That's how it always go. Um, Man, you could have put five grand on Zoom in 20, 2018 if it was even around. Yeah. Oh, my God. It would have yeah. fucking quintupled. Yep. Um, But again, um, that's I think that's a dope idea. I got a whole bunch of old heads in my family, so I don't... That's not... Phone call will be yeah work for my family. How do you uh zoom on what? Yeah, like, don't you know worry what? Just forget it. Just <laughs> I'll just call you, yeah, just... send you some pictures or whatever, text messages, and then we just go for it. <laughs> but other than that, zoom, I think that's uh I think that's super dope. I like the idea of you know uh, you know if you're in California, you got family in New York, and you jo- you guys have because they've lifted this restriction, you can just fire up the zoom yeah and have a laptop just out in the family common area. Just scoped in on, you know, people watching football. Yeah. And you can just kind of go check in. Oh, is that Cousin Leon? Yeah. What's up, cuz? And then you know, say hi, eat. whatever. Yeah, eat. The table, eat come, all together and new people come pop in. Go, oh, go say hi to your cousin. You yeah. know, whatever. You know, I like the idea. Like, obviously, everybody's not just going to be sitting at a laptop for hours. Mm-hmm. But just keeping the open feeds, you can check in, see who's coming into that house, who's coming into this house. You know, I think that that's a beautiful thing. And it's a way to adapt, you know, because I, I think the hardest part, as we touched about earlier, is like... It's hard to be patient. Like, we all just want stuff to go back to normal, right? And I feel like we're on the tail end of this. You know, I don't know if I'm going to take the vaccine. I don't know if this... I don't think this whole antibodies thing is true. Are they going to make you take it? Then I don't, I don't I don't. think they can make you take oh. it. But I would assume they would go... I already said on this platform, I believe, once the vaccine even is, like, available, they're going to open everything back up. Because they just go, well, if you get sick, you just go get the vaccine. So is it... So is the vaccine, it... it keeps you from getting it well you or have does to it... get a vaccine every year like a, like a flu the, shot yeah because the virus will adapt to the to the vaccine 
So it just becomes like a flu shot. But the flu shot, nobody's making you get the flu shot, but it's available. So now if it was, if it was a flu epidemic, people will go, just go get the vaccine. Yeah. We're not going to shut shit down for something that we have a, a, a some kind of a remedy for. So it just, it just stops you from getting it. Doesn't, it doesn't cure it if you have it. Well, it cures it for the for the time being but then you have to assume that next season it will be a stronger flu okay so you have to get a new so they take the flu and then make they make it a stronger flu vaccine yeah it's i'm not a fucking uh, but i'm just saying the only thing it it keeps you from getting it yes it doesn't cure you from having it yes no okay it's not like eradicates it from existence no no no. a vaccine just cures you of the sickness yeah i got the flu shot for like the first time this year like five years yeah, it's something. Pre- it's something preventative. I was like, let me just get yeah, it. Yeah, uh, I don't want to get the d- flu and the, you know yeah, whatever yeah. you know. But my whole thing is, I just mean from a financial standpoint. Once they, once the government locally and federally can say, well, we there's something, something yeah. out there, so everything's opening back up, and yeah. I think that's right around the corner. Whether or not people yeah. take it is up to them. I hope. I don't think you can make somebody take a vaccine. Yeah, but, but they that's, will go, that's your judgment if you don't want exactly. To take it. But I know that I know the first the first wave of vaccines is going to go to people that need it, yeah. elderly people, and yeah, so yeah. on and so forth. I don't know if they're going to make them take, it, but they're going to go here. It's it's available for you guys first. Yeah, I want to know the side effects. I need to know the side effects of that. You know, I remember well, I never yeah. liked the the flu shot because you remember that video that <laughs> that came out of the lady the that walked backwards. Yeah, it was, you know that was. Fake, I right? thought that was real. Yeah, she caught me. On I was guard. like, oh, I will never looking get that back, ever look, again. Looking back as a, because I I think I talked about that on Twitter recently. Looking back, I go, this is so dumb bullshit, right? So basically, the thing we're talking about is this this woman. She was a she said she was a jogger or something, yeah. and she went and got I think it was like smallpox. It was one of those one of those uh. You know those one of those fake pandemics that yeah. we had over the last twenty years, like, like swine SARS flu, or yeah, one of those, like swine flu or fucking bird flu. It was yeah. one. Of, she took one of those vaccines, and now she was like, "I can't if I I can't walk right." Yeah, like it I might, can't walk forward. She had some kind of nerve thing, but then she's like, "If I walk backwards, I'm fine." Yeah, yeah, yeah. but then as soon as she started to walk forward, she like would just break down. Stuff? Yeah, yeah. Um, so. But that's misinformation, right? Like people will still have that in their brain and go, "No, nah, I don't do vaccines because of that woman." Yeah, I thought it, it was real. That's that's the that's the danger of media, right? And then I you know, if you go look further into that, they went and caught her coming out of a grocery store, like, hey, uh, you look to be fine. Now she's like, Oh, no comment. Right? So they followed up on that, but that didn't make as much that didn't go viral like the video of her walking. That shit was insane. So that even little videos like that of, you know, anti vaxxers and all this stuff, these are these things it's no coming back from sometimes. You once you believe something's dangerous, you can't be turned back around. So, you know, I, I, I just my whole point is just be safe, man. I don't, I can't, you can't make anybody do anything, but I like the idea that there's an option and there are people, there are waves of people that are going, in order to keep me and my family safe, in order for me not to get my grandmother who's 70 years old, yeah. put her at risk, we're going to do a Zoom Thanksgiving this year. Yeah. Because it's not about me getting sick. I know if I get sick, I'll be fine, but maybe my grandmother won't be fine. So let's just do a Zoom Thanksgiving. Yeah. It's just, just, just be considerate of, of other people. I understand we all have our liberties and this is America and you can do what you want to do. It's just about protecting somebody else other than yourself. It's about being selfless. It's my is my take on it. Yeah, I agree. So that's why I'm willing to do whatever to not get my grandmother sick. You know, even oh, I would love to go to Vegas and go somewhere warm and everything, but like my grandmother has respiratory issues, and I don't want to risk me coming off the plane and getting my grandmother sick. Yeah. If I I got it, I already had coronavirus. It was not fun, but I'm alive. Yeah. But I'm not thinking about myself. I'm thinking about somebody else. So that's just all I implore people to do. With that being said, um, oh, before we go, I want to say I watched. Uh, let me turn this down. I watched a, a movie last night called His House. 
It's on Netflix. It's a horror movie. Um, and I know you still haven't watched Lovecraft Country yet. No. Yeah, I know. You won't ever watch it. So I'm talking to the... I'm talking, I will watch it. I'm sure sure you will. <laughs> so I'm talking to the people that are listening to this who have watched Lovecraft Country. If you love Lovecraft Country, it's starring uh, uh, Wumi, Wumi Masako, Masako, who is um, Ruby... Ruby... Uh, ba- uh, Ruby... Um, Ruby, ba- Ruby Baptiste on Lovecraft Country. She does a phenomenal job in this movie. It's a horror movie, but it's so much more than a horror movie. It has a message, and it's, it's beautifully shot, and it's scary, but it's... It's oh my god! It's so good. So um, I suggest his house to anybody who has Netflix. It's a great movie to watch on a cold, you know, fall winterish night. Um, and uh, so that's my little suggestion I have for anybody as far as media. Mm-hmm. Um, Fran, do you have you been watching anything? I know you've been been, been on Dexter. Sesame Street. Are you still watching, watching the damn Sesame Street? <laughs> you said you watched Sesame Street. I never said that. Pretty I said sure. I knew who Abby Cadabby was on Sesame Street. You have to watch it to know that, do you not? I've seen it. Everybody's seen Sesame Street. It's cool, bro. We just had this discussion about talking to your friends. If you watch Sesame Street, it's okay. You can confide. No, I haven't watched Sesame Street. Street. No, I've been watching Dexter, and I told you I saw Mile 22, whatever that movie was recently. Yeah. Um, I started watching. I didn't start watching it. Steph has been watching Girlfriends. (laughs) My girlfriend. I told her. I told her. Great. I told her. And you know what Sophie watches? What? Sister, Sister. You watch sister, sister. Like actively, like she's like, yeah, I she, love. She woke up this morning and cut the twins. She calls the twins. <laughs> she's like, you want to watch the twins? I was like, I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> she put. I was like, that is sister, sister. Yeah. But I started watching. She's started watching girlfriend, and I was in there watching with her. I saw. I had. I told her I was like, I had the biggest crush on Tracy Ellis Ross. No, the uh, the light skin one. Oh, with the dreads. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Lynn. I can't. Is that her name? Yeah, Lynn. It's Lynn. Oh, so. I don't know why I know this. I'm, I, I'm a single parent, a woman. Uh, um, there's Lynn, Maya, uh, Joan, yep, Joan, and yeah. then the 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 highfalutin lawyer, Tony, the guy. Yeah. No, 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 no. Oh, that's that's um, I can't remember his name, but that guy. The bush? He has he has a, he has a huge penis though. It's like part Did of the story. Did you Bush? Yeah. Oh, Willie, Big Willie. That's, that's what they call him. Mm-hmm. They find one of the plot lines is that he has his big dick. Um, I don't, I'm embarrassed. That I remember this. Is like Twenty years old. Um, so yeah. So Lynn was the biracial girl with the armband. Yeah, and the hippie, hippie chick, and everything. I mm. Thought you were gonna say Tracy Ellis Ross because she was dragging that wagon. But yep, um, she don't. But she didn't. She wasn't. She didn't look as good then as she does like now. Sure. I mean, you know, she always had. She do. She got that wagon, but she, she looked way better now than she did in that show to me. She ages like fine wine. Black women tend to do that. Yeah. Um. Uh. I don't know why I'm talking about girlfriends. I know all those shows though, half and half. I used to watch all that Steph show. Steph watches you, that too. Yeah, yeah she's watching. I, I it's really just. I know all those shows too, man. Yeah. Do you? I do. Well, I used to watch those shows. Come on, up. Uh, Fifty four. With the little frog. Now you're getting regional. The WB. Yeah. <laughs> those shows didn't come on WB. It did it. Oh. They came on UPN. You don't even know. Uh, <laughs> this has been another episode of Affirmative Murder. <laughs> I've been Alvin Williams. Join us on WB. You got a little hat. A little yeah, racist. The racist frog. <laughs> I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Franco Evans. We'll see you guys next week. Deuces.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 